Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to this episode of The List. My name is Jordan. On the other end of the tin cannon string this day is our producer, Zach. Zach, Zach how are you today? I am tired. You are tired, and that is because uh, you and I actually traveled to um, what I actually learned wasn't Washington, D.C., but um, a little town in Maryland um, to a rather dumpy stadium, wouldn't you say? I thought the stadium was fine. It was just, you know, the the home fans were severely outnumbered. It was like South Beach 2.0. Yeah, I was definitely surprised um, with the amount of away fans there were. And, and you expected there to be a lot of Dolphin fans. Um, but I don't remember ever going to a game uh, where it really felt like there were close to 75% Dolphin fans. I don't know about that number, but it was definitely uh, an embarrassing show of affairs for the home team. I can tell you that much. They were quiet. It was like a fucking library in there. And it was like as the game went on, there were less and less and less. Um, It was a little bit of a foggy day. Um, There were some pictures that I know went on social media um, about the fog. We were tailgating in a spot that the stadium was right behind. uh, And you couldn't even see the stadium for parts of the tailgate. Um, when it was just on the other side of the trees, um, which I think led to once the game got out of hand relatively quickly, uh, Commander fans pouring out, um, and you saw what it sounded like a home stadium every time the Dolphins made a big play in the second half. Yeah, things you love to see for 2,000, Alex. Uh, I don't even know that they go up to 2,000, but that's what I'm taking it for today. Yeah, I think you could do like a daily double and get it for 2,000 if you want. Um, But Tua... Um, seemingly his day was highlighted by two really big plays, um, both Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tua finished 18 for 24, 280 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the thing I want to note about this that I think my two favorite numbers of this stat line are um, zero interceptions for Tua and zero sacks allowed by the offensive line. Um, it's, it didn't seem like Washington got any pressure on him whatsoever. Yeah, and I think if it was even remotely close, you probably would have said our, uh, seen Armstead come back into the game. I feel like at no point do we feel threatened by that team's uh, chances to touch Tua. I would love to touch Tua, and uh, they just couldn't do it. Hey, now. Um, so it, it's always a great sign when uh, not because of injury you get to see Mike White come into the game. Um, Mike White finished one for one, three yards, a whopping three yards, a whopping 0.2 QBR. So um, love to see that from Mike White. Um, the running game, A-Chan back, solidified himself as the number one running back. Um, 17 carries for 73 yards and two touchdowns. Also had three carry or three receptions for 30 yards. Um, A-Chan looked like he, he was finally back, huh? I don't know about finally back, but yeah, he just uh, you know fit like a glove. I don't think he missed a beat. It just looked like he belonged, and um, hopefully we have him for the you know this big uh, December push. Yeah, I think when I say um, finally back, he he missed four weeks and then um, had four snaps and then missed another week. So um, it was fine to finally give him a uh, a big touching total. Um, Mostert, on the other hand, eleven carries for. Um, I know you were upset with only 43 yards and a touchdown. Only. Um, Mostert only. Um, Mostert only had, also had a catch for eight yards. It would have been nice if they could have uh, given him one more uh, carry for you, huh? 
That'll be fine. It's all right. It'll all buff out. We didn't get it in the end anyway. My my debut to sports betting did not go as we planned. Um, Jeff Wilson also had four carries for 11 yards. Um, and Tyreek Hill had two carries for negative four yards. It shows here. Um, but you can be okay with Tyreek's two carries for negative four yards because he, uh, on the other end, uh, had five catches for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had that nice long 78 yard touchdown. Um, he had another long touchdown in there. Um, Tyreek was just dominant on that Washington secondary, huh? Uh, they had nothing for Tyreek Hill, and th- those are the things you love to see. He's definitely going to get 2,000 yards this year. There's nothing that's going to stop him. Um, can we talk about how, again, another Mike White appearance? You might as well just start calling him Mike Jalen Hurts fucking White. Uh, back in the day at Alabama, how many times did Tua come out in the fourth quarter just because they were, you know, killing him? I just don't uh, I don't see this stopping. This trend is so nice to see. I think next year we got to take the over-under on how many times the backup comes in. Oh, I like that. We'll be able to pick that before the season. Um, Jalen Waddell um, on the – from a wide R2 spot, uh, five catches for 52 yards. Seemed like that number could have been a lot bigger with one play. Uh, Tua got outside the pocket, um, rolled out, got outside, uh, made a throw over the middle to Waddle. Um, it almost looked like Waddle started turning because he assumed there'd be a defender there, um, but he was wide open and just dropped it. Um, other than that, a very solid day from Waddle. Uh, Julian Hill. Uh, comes in as the next leading receiver after A-Chan. Julian Hill, two catches for 23 yards. River Craycraft had two catches for 16 yards. Um, And I saw an interesting stat about Craycraft. Uh, River Craycraft now in the season has eight catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. 103 yards is a career high for receiving for River Craycraft. So um, that's great to see. Um, Was there anything else that you saw offensively, Zach, uh, that you saw other than just being dominant on a depleted Washington defense. Uh, Austin Jackson brought his launch pal. Liam Big Dick Eichenberg is out there earning that face paint. I mean, it's it's just things you love to see. People growing into their roles, becoming more comfortable as we start to blow out these teams. We scored the most points uh, in the entire – well, I mean, so we still have the Monday night game to go, but we scored the most points this week. Um, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. It was nice to take the yeah, show on won- the road. You talk about that offensive line, and I think the the best thing you can say about an offensive line um, is when you go a whole game and re- you really don't even think about them. They're, they're just there. Um, Washington, uh, like I said a couple times already, a very depleted secondary. Um, but now people are starting to talk in the media. I've seen it a couple times today. Um, Tyreek is starting to move himself a little bit into that MVP conversation. Um, he already has through, um, what is it, 12 games now? Yeah, through 12 games, Tyreek Hill already has 93 catches for four, 1,481 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, he's going to finish the season with over 2,000 yards. He's going to finish the season with over 15 touchdowns. Now he's probably going to finish the season uh, with close to 120 catches. Um, when going to pick an MVP, I know it's a quarterback award, um, but – can you say that Tyreek Hill isn't the MVP right now? Or can you say it's Tyreek's not the MVP because you think two is the MVP? Yeah, it's, two is easily the MVP. It's not even close. Uh, next question. <laughs> the next question is, in a, in a league where you have, if you, if you look at 
the standings or the Vegas odds for MVP right now. You have Brock Purdy up there. You have Patrick Mahomes up there. You have Jalen Hurts up there. You have Tua up there. You have all these guys up there where I think Tyreek is the only position player that can even put himself in that conversation, which I think means something and means to me um, that he could win MVP. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going to go, you know, the actual MVP outside of the quarterback award, then you have to even look at Christian McCaffrey. Those would be my two uh, between Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. I have to give it to one of those. Yeah, and I think uh, they're probably uh, the best bets for Offensive Player of the Year. Um, but while we're talking about MVP, um, I just wanted to give a shout-out, and I know that the two people that I'm going to shout-out here, uh, nobody else that listens to this podcast are going to know this reference. Um, and – these people are probably never going to see this or hear this. Um, I want to give a shout out to two people um, in Washington. Uh, one a commander fan, one a Dolphins fan. Uh, their names are Leonard and Jeff. Um, out of all the away games I've ever gone to, um, two of the most genuinely nice people. Uh, Jeff was a diehard Dolphin fan. Leonard made a hell of a slider. Uh, Washington, uh, People were out there early, even though it was a lot of Dolphin fans. People were out there early, um, and Leonard and Jeff uh, gave us some good hospitality, uh, some good food, and, and a place to stay before the game. So um, I just wanted to throw them in there with that MVP conversation. Fuck yeah, Playoff Lenny cooked the best chili dog this side of the fucking Mississippi River. Let me tell you what, Playoff Lenny took us under his wings, fed us as if we were his own. He did everything but chew it and put in our mouths. I mean, I just, I could not be any more uh, thankful for him and uh, everything that he brought to the table. Yeah, and we uh, actually tried to get um, his buddy Jeff, who's the real uh, star, because Jeff's a big Dolphin fan. Uh, We tried to get him into the Discord and onto the show, but... um, Jeff doesn't use technology. He's off the grid. Um, he prefers it that way. His family prefers it that way. And and that's awesome for Jeff. But these two guys um, were, were two just in Jewish culture. We call them menches. Um, they were two great people. Um, and I just needed to uh, talk about, as you coined, playoff Lenny here on the pod uh, when talking about this game. Uh, you just said a whole lot of words at me. The only thing that I registered in my head is that you're Jewish. I am Jewish. I didn't know that. Today I learned things you learn. Yeah, yeah things you learn. I, did the three shout outs I gave to Israel early in, earlier in our podcast um, not do it for you? I mean, fight the power. I mean, we all pick and choose what we believe in. I just did not realize that there was, so, you know, some sort of backing toward that. Yeah. Well, the things you learn. Um, I got bar mitzvah. It was a Miami Heat themed bar mitzvah. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, it was. Whole nine yards. I'm pretty Jewish. Um, so on to the defensive side of the ball. Um, somebody who is very likely not Jewish, um, who is now the star of Miami Dolphins defense and Miami Dolphins hearts everywhere, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, thoughts on Van Ginkle? Uh, he looks like a rock star. A guy looks like he just came out of a fucking Skid Row music video. I love every part of him. He uh, runs fast as shit. He always he's good for a touchdown a year, whether it's special teams or on defense. Uh, obviously, hate seeing Phillips go down, but if that means that we're going to see more of the gangster, fucking sign me up. Yeah, I saw some stats um, that I want to go over. Andrew Van Ginkle played eighty four percent of the snaps on Sunday against the Commanders. Um, when Andrew Van Ginkle 
in his career plays 80% of the defensive snaps or more, the Dolphins are 9-1, and one, including 3-0 and oh this year. Um, so more Van Ginkle is great. Uh, more Van Ginkle is good. Um, more Van Ginkle is the key to success. Now you wish that didn't come at the expense of Jalen Phillips, um, but it did. Um, David Long Jr. continued uh, his hell of a season. Uh, eight tackles. Duke Riley came up big. I think there were a couple times uh, where I saw a big play made um, and looked, and it was Duke Riley. He also had eight tackles. Um, Bradley Chubb had a half a sack. Zach Sealer had a sack and a half. Emmanuel Agba had a sack. Uh, this week, this defense uh, really stood up, played team ball. Um, I know your favorite part of the defense uh, was that Terry McLaurin uh, laid a goose egg, um, did not have a catch on his uh, three targets. Um, this defense just made life very, very difficult for a guy in Sam Howell um, who has 3,500 yards on the season. Um, 12 for 23, 123 yards on a pick. Uh, this defense really, really made life hell for Sam Howe. Um, so I do have a question. The bar mitzvah, is that is that where they cut the tip? No, that's called a bris. That, see, I knew there was a ceremony. So okay. the bris is when you're eight days old. Eight days. And that's, that's when they snip the tip. Okay. That one. That one was not Miami Heat themed, because that would have been really that would have been really weird if my bris would have been Miami Heat themed. Okay. So now, eight days in, that gives it full you know full time to mature and develop and be ready to be snipped. What do they do yep. with it? Do they frame it? Is it like you put it under your pillow for the for the taint fairy? Like what what happens here? <laughs> um. I think some crazy Jewish mothers put it in a uh, scrapbook. Okay, scrapbook, um, yes. I, I think, I, I don't know what happened to mine. I really fair, don't. Fair question. I don't. I never asked. Um, never, don't Don't really want to know. Breaking not news. I have been told Mr. S has not been circumcised. Wow. That now was... you all know that. And you know, it's really scary is I just had to click. Uh, Mr. S sent me an image, and I was praying oh, no. that that oh, no. I was praying that that wasn't that image. But um, it wasn't. It was actually the pro football focus grades. Um, so I'm going to go over to those yes. because that's a better conversation. Let's do that. Um, Tyreek Hill, surprise, uh, had a 93.1 offensive rating. Uh, Tyreek only played 31 out of the... What looks like, if I could find what's Tyreek played 31 of the 61 offensive snaps. Um, Tyreek played 31 of Tua's 48 snaps. Um, almost a perfect pro football focus grade for Tyreek and Tua. Um, that's great to see. A lot of really high numbers on here for the offense. Um, on defense, do you want to guess? Have you seen these rankings at all, Zach? Uh, those rankings mean absolutely nothing to me. Um, I don't understand so, how they're made, and they are f made up. Based on the rankings that you think are made up, who do you think they have as the high highest-rated defensive player for the Miami Dolphins? Um, it's got to be the guy who fucking scored, or else that their stupid ratings don't matter. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle is in second. Okay, that makes sense. Um, the highest-rated Dolphins defensive player was Duke Riley. Okay, cool. 
I'm in on that. And 15 of those plays uh, were in coverage. He put up a perfect coverage rating uh, as far as pro football focus is concerned, um, and which probably accounted to Logan Thomas not having a catch throughout the game. Um, so shout out to Duke Riley. That'll be interesting to see um, as we move forward over the next couple weeks. Uh, Channing Tindall actually graded well uh, in his three snaps. Uh, that was good to see. Nick Needham graded solidly in his nine total snaps um, as they're going to try to get him worked out. Um, and Jason Pierre-Paul even got in there for three snaps uh, with Elijah Campbell and Cam Smith. Um, so it looks like uh, that was the type of game uh, where you get everybody in, you get everybody some work, um, and you allow everybody to feel um, like they were a part of a victory. Okay, I'm looking at these rankings that you hold so near dear to your heart. I see Channing Tindall in third place, immediate red flag. What are we doing here? I guess it's an average of each play. All three of them? Yeah, all three of them. Sick. He was he was that good on those three plays. Jesus Christ, shut down. Okay, going down the list. Yeah, I probably don't disagree with just about any of this. Um, Ramsey's way too low at 14th. And I felt like David Long really didn't give anything. Wilkins is 18th. I don't. All right. I'm already done with these. As fast as I was interested in them, I am now disinterested in them. Well, too bad for that. Um, But do you have any other um, notes? I mean, the trip, Washington, Maryland, the game. We're 9-3. and How bad Washington was. Anything else you, uh, you noted from the game on Sunday? Uh, from the game on Sunday and or our entire evening, uh, we got the Chiefs to lose. That was it. We wished that into existence. It happened. The AFC, I mean, kind of runs through Miami. I mean, we're, you know, needing Jacksonville to lose one game. They they have a pretty heavy schedule to finish out the year. So uh, it's looking like the AFC is going to run through Miami. Yeah, so it Jacksonville – uh, play Cincinnati tonight. By the time you're listening to this podcast, that game might have already happened. Um, I'm going to assume that Jacksonville beats Jake Browning. Um, Jacksonville goes to Cleveland next week. Um, that's always a difficult place to play against a difficult defense. Then Jacksonville plays Baltimore. And then they finish the season with Tampa, Carolina, and Tennessee. Essentially, if the Dolphins went out and the Jaguars went out, I'm not 100% sure who will get the one seed. But the Dolphins' best-case scenario is to win out and hope that Jacksonville loses to Baltimore um, in a couple weeks. That would give Baltimore uh, four losses because they'll lose to us. That'll give Jacksonville four losses, um, and that'll leave us there at three losses. Um, but the key is you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Uh, you got to beat Tennessee. you got to beat the Jets. And then those last three weeks, Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo, uh, those are going to be very, very, very difficult um, and very intense weeks uh, that are going to decide whether or not we have uh, home playoff games all the way. A home playoff game uh, makes my pants feel tight. Um, it's crazy. Uh, if you look at the Chiefs and look at their schedule the rest of the way, uh, they play Buffalo this week. Then they play Vegas and Cincinnati and New England, which they're going to win. Um, and then they play the Chargers. I could see the Chiefs getting uh, two six losses, which would put them probably in that three or four slot, or I mean that four slot. Um, so it looks like it might be a three-team race between the Dolphins, Ravens, and Jaguars for that number one seed. To me, 
when I look at that, the only thing I care about is that the Ravens don't get the one seed. I'll go to Jacksonville. I'll play an A. I bet you a lot of Dolphin fans will travel to an AFC championship game in Jacksonville. However, um, I don't care how many Dolphin fans go to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is always a difficult place for the Dolphins to play outside of last year. Um, that defense is intense. Uh, that running game is good. Um, an AFC championship game, I would much rather a Baltimore-Miami AFC championship game be in Miami than in Baltimore. Well, hell yeah. I mean, obviously just for the the sun factor, the heat, the home crowd, all that nonsense, people sleeping in their own houses, I mean, that really does go, you know, it, it does uh, count for something. So uh, you got to have it. Uh, we're, we're in prime position. Everything we want still out in front of us. Those are the things you love to see. But do you think, I mean, you look at Jacksonville, Casey, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, um, those teams, Indianapolis even, you want to get into Houston. Um, there's not a team outside of Baltimore that I say, okay, I'd like if I had to pick one of those teams to go on the road, I think Baltimore would be the one I'd want the least. Um, that That's just, I'd rather go to Kansas City than Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a team that scares us uh, if we can play a complete game like we did uh, uh, this past uh, yesterday. This past yesterday. This past yesterday. Oh, yeah. um, so the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs lose again. Like I said, it's a three-team race. Um, but the difference between the uh, NFL and college football, um, as we awkwardly segue over, um, is that the college football playoff is decided by a – um, committee and the reason the elephant in the room as to why our beloved Brett is not here today um, Brett is is shaking in his boots a little bit um, Brett going into Sunday thought that okay his Michigan Wolverines will get to play Florida State with their third string quarterback um, after Florida State undefeated beats Louisville finishes the undefeated season um, and the college football playoff committee comes out and says no um, Michigan is going to play Alabama. Washington is going to play Texas. And for the first time in the history of the college football playoffs, an undefeated uh, Power 5 conference champion uh, does not make the postseason. Um, Zach, now I know you're not much of a college football fan yourself. Uh, you're the producer. You play this. You're a big Dolphin fan. Um, and the rest of it you fill in as you go. But what do you think of the fact that uh, now Brett and his Michigan Wolverines have to play Nick Saban in Alabama? I think if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. You want to talk the talk, got to walk the walk. You can't just go out here stealing signs thinking that's going to get you the the honey hole. You got to go in there. You got to put your nose to the grindstone. You got to work hard. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I'm I'm interested to hear as we get into Wednesday's show um, and Brett returns with us what his thoughts are. Um, So we're going to push um, our coverage. Uh, our picks. Um, we'll we'll talk college football playoff and make um, our predictions on who will win the college football playoff on Wednesday. Um, but there is uh, a bigger elephant in the room uh, that I need to uh, address. Um, every week, I sit by. Once in a while, I'll put somebody on the list, uh, but I usually let Brett uh, do the listing, as we'll call it. Um, however, there is one group, and I don't know um, necessarily who it is, 
uh, in particular. But I'm going to just call them NBC Sports um, post-game write-up people. Um, and if Mr. S in the back can help us find a more direct name, I would love that. Um, but they wrote two write-ups. One was at the end of the Chargers winning a 6-0 game against the Patriots. The write-up here said, win is a bit strong, but the Chargers' sleepy performance wasn't Herbert's fault. He was once again victimized by awful drops. Justin Herbert completed 22 of 37 for 212 yards and no touchdowns. Now, on the flip side, Tyreek Hill catches five catches for 157 yards and two touchdowns. And we hear Tua Tungavailoa would toss an easy pass to Hill for the long score, but his day was far from over. Later in the second quarter, Hill and Tungavailoa connected for a 60-yard score on what appeared to be miscommunication between the two. Despite the awkward-looking play, another lob by Tungavailoa was turned into a long score when Hill tracked down the fly ball and ran it into the end zone for a 60-yard play. Now, they could have very, very easily just said that Tyree caught a long touchdown. But they had to say Tungavailoa tossed an easy pass, and they had to say, despite the awkward-looking play, another lob by Tungavailoa. The way people are writing about Tua versus the way people are writing about Herbert even at this point in the season when the Chargers are 5-7 and seven and the Dolphins are 9-3, and three, is the worst, okay? It is the worst, okay? Even further, Grant Paulson tweeted that, quote-unquote, to a lob throw and said, this is one of the coolest plays I've ever seen live. I cannot stress how bad this throw was. I cannot stress how bad this throw was. I cannot stress how bad this throw was and how amazing this play was by Hill. Tyreek then retweeted Grant Paulson's tweet saying, bad take, I ran my route wrong, Tua threw that ball exactly where I was supposed to be. Now, Grant Paulson, you, NBC Sports, Roto World, whoever writes those post-game write-ups, you are all on the list. Let this once again be a reminder that we don't know what the actual play call calls for. We don't know what the actual read is. And we have to just trust that our Dolphins offense, that is number one in the league in so many categories, are going to make the right play. Roto World, Grant Paulson, and NBC Sports, you have made the list. I think they deserve to be on the damn list. I think it's bullshit, honestly. Tell them. Get on your soapbox. Let them know. It, it really is. I mean, you, you look at it, and what what more does Tua have to do? Uh, I think what he more should close he... his eyes when he goes out there and throws the ball. I think that would help. But then they would say, you're supposed to open your eyes. I don't think that's going to work. 3,400 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's seventh in the league in QBR. Okay. I'm not saying that two is the best quarterback in the league, which he, he might be. But 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 what I am saying is that we need to stop talking about him like he's Mac Jones. 
We need to stop talking about him like he's a bust. Well, hold on he now. Has- Mac Jones got benched and so did Tua. Thoughts? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm asking questions. Mac Jones, Mac Jones didn't even play in the game. Well, the last time we saw Mac Jones, he got benched. He did get benched for Bailey Zappi. I actually liked Bailey Zappi coming out of college. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, what's there to like about him? I don't know. I just thought in an open passing offense that he would have um, had a little bit of success, especially going into the Patriots. Um, but a couple more things before we wrap up. Um, Jerome Baker's MRI, uh, according to Barry Jackson, did not reveal anything uh, that would end his season. Uh, it seems he is week to week. The Dolphins worked out Reuben Foster, um, seemingly after Darius Leonard decided to join the Eagles today. Um, so Darius Leonard to the Eagles. Jerome Baker is okay. And Reuben Foster, by the next time we record, we'll know whether uh, Reuben Foster is a Miami Dolphin. And Duke Riley is our number one rated defensive player in the Washington game. Did you? Did you see that Andrew Van Ginkle was the fifth fastest ball carrier in the NFL last week or this week? Um, the man's, I mean, he's got some giddy up to him. He got, he posted 20.76 miles per hour on his pick six. I mean, you could over tell. 20 miles an hour for Van Ginkle. He got up. His hair was he flowing got in the wind. Just luscious locks. Yeah. No, that guy. He's a star. Andrew Van Ginkle, Duke Riley, and three and three snaps from Channing Tindall. Hell yeah! You know uh, what? What I think my best part of this entire trip was everybody crowding the tunnel as the players were, you know, coming off the stadium, going down to the locker room, and just in the in the opposing team stadium, just the MVP chance for the boy. You love to see it. It really was, and there's such. I don't know about you. Uh, but there's such a good feeling around this group of Dolphins players, of this group of Dolphins fans. It's just such good energy to be around Dolphin fans this year. Uh, it's so much different than even last year. I mean, last year we were successful, but it was it was different. Um, this year's a lot of fun, uh, and it's going to be very very interesting to see what happens as we get into uh, January. Hell yeah! Uh, before we log off, Zach. Is there anybody else you'd like to shout? Anything else you'd like to say? No, playoff Lenny. He came in clutch. He was our guy. Uh, I've taken more Ubers in my life and watched more college football in my life in this weekend than I've done in the last 10 years combined. Uh, Sightseeing in D.C. is pretty nice. Uh, We drove around the Pentagon. I'm not sure if that's the same side that the, uh, you know, the planes or the missiles hit, whichever you believe. Um Things, things were overall pretty good. It's, it's a nice city. Uh, I didn't see a single homeless camp. Like I, you know, I think like they're doing all right over there. We might have to go back. I want a spinoff of the list called the list Zach's conspiracy theories. Yeah, I'm in. I mean, I, I don't really have too many of them. Um, We've just, already heard of multiple on this episode alone. I mean, I don't think anything I'm saying is conspiracy. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I do want to give one more shout out before we get off. Um, our old friend Larry um, has stepped up uh, and started helping out uh, the list on social media. So um, we have Playoff Lenny, and I also want to give a shout out to Playoff Larry. 
Playoff Larry's Twitter game is on point. His Twitter fingers, they are they're moving. Yes, they are. Zach, anybody else? That's it. I don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, I don't want to hear from Brett for the next seven days. Uh, Michigan are a bunch of cheaters. John Har- Jim Harbaugh is going to go to the NFL once the uh, allegations become true and the punishments start being levied toward the program. He's going to tuck his tail, leave, and he's going to collect a nice payday in the NFL. Well, even though you don't want to talk to him for seven days, we're going to be back in two. Uh, see everybody on Wednesday's show. For Zach, for everybody in the back, I am Jordan. This is The List. And remember, we're always watching. Zach, hit that music. Music.